Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldersland, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Twin Tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions that may occur to you. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. Sure wish you would. We're live and in person today. We've had, had a couple weeks off. A couple weeks out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, The station had a little problem one week. And right. Couldn't produce the show. And then another week, guy, we went somewhere. I went somewhere. Yeah. you yeah. Oh, I had that surgery. That's, That's what, right. On, on my foot. And, that's uh, right. So couldn't, couldn't walk. Couldn't walk. <laughs> Forget about climbing stairs. Couldn't even walk. That's fact. That's fact. So give us a call. We're here live and in person. Be glad to help you out and point you right to the top of the list. In fact, right now we don't have anybody holding, so you give us a call now. We'll push you up on the top of the list. Be that's it. First one. And you should happen to miss your prime opportunity to get a live answer this morning. You can always get your questions answered on our website, which is agcoauto.com. That is A G C O. A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button and fill out the little form that pops up and hit the send button. There you go. I'll get an answer back to you within 24 hours, sometimes a little sooner. It just depends on where I am in proximity to the computer. There you go. <laughs> you know, like every week we try to have some kind of a general guideline or topic that we discuss, but you're never limited to that topic. Any questions, anything's on your mind, just give us a call. I'll try to help you out. That's it. And today we were going to talk about buying a used vehicle used or new uh, or just new. buying a car i noticed that a lot a lot of people are buying cars right now for whatever it's during the summer is generally when a lot of cars get sold right uh, people Tens- are going on vacation kids are anticipating going back to school in the fall sure. so during sure. the summer a lot of vehicles get bought be they used bought or and- new mm-hmm. and i was talking with a friend of mine the other day and, and she was saying that she's anticipating getting a new car and she says I, I really like a lot of the safety features that are on the new car so that's why i want to buy a car so okay. well she was asking what kind of car should i i said well everything out there is going to have far more safety features on it than you want believe oh, me most definitely you can't buy a car without all that stuff on it i said what might you might want to look into and this is just my advice is try to find a car where you can turn off the stuff that you don't that want you don't want because what happens, I know me personally, I've been driving for since I was 15 years old. It was yeah. long, long time. <laughs> and I would say I'm a relatively safe driver. I haven't been involved in an accident in 50 years. So a lot of that stuff just becomes annoying to me. Right. I really don't want all these beeps and bangs, buzzers, buzzers and, right. and, and like things flashing in my face and all that. It's just annoying to me. And like I was trying to say, if you're a good driver, probably the majority of stuff you're not going to need. And if you're a bad driver, you're probably not going to pay attention to it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if they could come up with a system that would keep people from passing on the right. Right. Yeah, or driving 90 miles an hour in a 70. Yeah, I'm on board. Let's put that on there, you know. Exactly. Or one that when it sees you with your signal on trying to get in the lane and you're driving 90 miles, just because you're driving 90 in a 70 doesn't give you the right of way. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, a lot of that stuff is on there. It's If you want a vehicle with a lot of safety features, you just pick any of them because sure. they all are going to have way, way more stuff. But I find it convenient to have a car where you can disable the stuff that you don't like. Mm-hmm. I know, like, on my little Toyota, it's got a ton of stuff, but it's got a panel, and you can turn the majority of it off if you don't want to use it. And a lot of those things that you can turn off, they automatically turn back on with Some the, do. In the, with in the ignition cycle. Right. So that's one good thing about the vehicle I've got. I can turn them off. They'll stay off until I turn them back on. Exactly. But it's like that stop-start feature. Yeah, of course. That, real that, really, that really that. annoys a lot of people. That's where you come to a stop sign or whatever, and the engine dies. Mm-hmm. And then you give it the gas, it pops back up. 
which I guess has got some purpose, but it's very annoying to some people. I personally, I do not like it. I don't like it either, and I would rather buy a car without it on there. Exactly. But if it's on there, I want to be able to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And on most vehicles, I know like the new Ford pickups have it. I got a friend of mine has a Mercedes that has it. The new Chevrolet trucks you, have it. You can disable it, but the next key cycle is it's back, back on, on, so you got to disable it again each sure. and every time. Let's go to our phone lines. Right. We've got Trent on the line. Good morning, Trent. Hey, good morning, guys. My name's Trent, calling from a little Wild West town called Redding, California. All right. All right. Been listening to you guys for a while. I drive a 02 Chevy pickup, which I think you're familiar with. I am very familiar and, with it. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm calling this morning about my wife's 2010 Chevy pickup. Okay. Looking at the back end of the muffler around the weep hole, mm-hmm. and it looks like there's excessive carbon buildup around there, just black, you know, black yeah. carbon exhaust. I just wanted to know if that was kind of normal Pretty or much. that was maybe a sign of something. Now, what, what that weep hole does, Trent, is that any moisture that builds up in the system is going to condense, turn into water, and it's got to go somewhere. And it allows the leap to weep out right there. Now, water is obviously the universal solvent, but any carbon or any soot that's anywhere in the exhaust, that water is going to tend to pick it up, and that's where it's going to come out. It's going to be concentrated in that area. So, you know, I can tell you, if you don't have a check engine light on, don't worry about right. it. Because the fuel air mixture in that vehicle is so closely regulated, it would throw a check engine light in a heartbeat if it was burning more gas or anything like that. But, yeah, I have noticed that on a lot of them. And generally, there's a little bit of rust because I think it's made of stainless steel, so it's not going to be terribly rusty, but there's going to be a lot of black carbon around it. It's just that moisture in the system is picking it up. Now, if you do more short trips, that's going to be more prevalent. If you do a lot of really long trips, the heat of the exhaust tends to burn it up. But say you get in your car, you drive it five miles, you turn it off. You get in your car, you go 10 miles, you turn it off. You're going to see a lot more of that kind of stuff. And it's pretty much just normal for the vehicle. If you get in your car and you drive 500 miles before stopping, you won't see very much of it. That's good to know. Comparing the back end of the muffler of my O2 Chevy mm-hmm. to her truck, mm-hmm. they just didn't, the O2 Chevy didn't have that black carbon, so it made me just kind of raise an eyebrow. Yeah, and, and I don't think the O2 even has a weep hole in it, if I'm thinking right. I know the later ones they went to that. On the early ones, it just blew out the end of the tailpipe. So you All right. really Thank, didn't see it. Thanks. Thanks for the insight. Good to know that it's just kind of normal for now. Yep. <laughs> How's things over in, in California, Trent? Are they starting to open everything well, up? Well, it sounds, you know, you see on the news that California's crazy, but up in the northern part of the state, mm-hmm. I'm about an hour from Oregon. Okay. It's the Wild West. We're a bunch of hardworking people. And very good. Everything's kind of normal. Well, very, very Wonderful. good. <laughs> well, thanks for calling, man. Absolutely. Thank you all. All, all right. Bye-bye, Trent. All right, two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. Trick and call from Redding, California. That's you it. Can he, you can call from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> you can call from Baton Rouge. That's right. You got you local guys looking kind of bad here. I'm you telling know? you, <laughs> put put a little shame on them, you know. But we were talking just before the call about some of the uh, newer features mm-hmm. and all the cars, and some of them I find useful. Some of them I do like. I like the fact that my car gets. 40 miles to the gallon. Right. That's, that's very uh, interesting to me, very something I use a lot because I do travel a lot. I've got a car that's th- going on three years old and it's got over 70,000 miles on it. So sure. I drive a lot. So that's important to me. I like the little feature where it's got an indicator in the rearview mirror. And if the, I go to change lanes, it's a blind spot blind indicator. Spot monitor. I like that a lot because yeah. there is a blind spot that I can't see. And rather than having to turn my head around and look, I can look at that little thing. And, it, and it's pretty accurate. It's not annoying to me. So, and, you know, and I'm just the opposite. I find anything that flashes in that mirror mm-hmm. is annoying. Really? When I'm trying to drive down the road. Mm-hmm. Because I am so used to driving. I'm used to driving with a blind spot. Mm-hmm. I look for it when I right. change lanes. It's just in, inbreded in me mm-hmm. to look. Yeah. 
And well, I'll look that anyway. Little, I, I'll always look. Yeah, that, that little feature bothers me. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. And a lot of times, if somebody's trying to pass you on the other side, uh-huh. on the right, which is one of my pet peeves, but it'll pop up in there way before you can actually see them right. uh, coming. So what I don't like is all the little sensors, like when you're trying to park, if you start getting close to them, beep, 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 beep. Right. I, I don't like that because I am watching. I do know how close I am. Or if you're stopped, Lane, a bunch of traffic, and someone walks in front of you. It goes off, right? Okay, I see him. I'm sitting here. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm looking out the window. I see yeah. him. Yeah, I really don't like those things. So, Well, and the, the cruise control I find on that car is a little... It's annoying. Very annoying. Yeah, it, what it attempts to do is leave the proper distance between you and the car ahead of you, which uh-huh. I'm great with that because I like to do that anyway. But what happens instead is that people keep passing you and filling in. So you're not any fault, and it has to slow down let sure. the, the distance increase. And then you're, you're back where you started Yeah, you, you start slowing down so much. Pretty soon you look down, you're doing 30 miles an hour and 70 because everybody keeps passing and getting in front of you. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a little bit annoying. And under situations where you do want to speed up, you've got to push it, and it will override. Right. But it takes a good bit of pedal effort to get to override. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of a annoying thing. Not as bad as some of the other stuff. It's got the deal where it senses the lanes. Mm-hmm. And I know if you've got, like, some work being done on the side of the road, the lanes are, the, the markings are messed up, it'll it'll constantly go off. That's sure. irritating. If you just veer slightly close to that sign, to that it, it'll go off. And you can reduce the sensitivity on it, so it's not too, too bad on this one. But I don't believe that's one of those features you can actually turn off, can you? Yeah, I've got mine turned off You can't turn now. it off on that mm-hmm. car? Yeah. It allows you to turn it off, and it won't come back on again until you cycle turn addition. it back on. Well, right. until you turn it back on, it doesn't come on with the cycle. So hmm. it's okay. it's one of the least annoy- annoying of, of what <laughs> I have you. Some of them, like with the, what is the Dodge trucks, where you put them, Oh yeah, when the it goes automatically goes back to park when you if you turn the key off mm-hmm. or press the button to, to kill the, the in, engine, engine. If the vehicle is not in park, it automatically goes into park. Mm-hmm. Or if you open the door with it in gear, it automatically goes to park. Right. That is annoying. As well, I'll to, get out to, to the service to the average technician. Yeah, because it's times you, when you have to have it out yeah. of gear. Well, and and think about the guy at the boat launch or mm-hmm. the guy trying to back a trailer. Right. He's, first thing you're gonna do, bait. Open the door and look back. Right. Well, it's in park. <laughs> so there's there's some ways around it. I think Dodge actually has a procedure for turning it off. Yeah. But I'm not real I'm familiar sure with it. Probably some kind of override. Yeah, on there's, it. there's some kind of override on it. Yeah. But it you jump in that truck and you reach for the gear shift and it's not there. Yeah. And you're looking as a dial on the dash. Yeah. Oh no, this this, this yeah. is not going to yeah. work for me. Well, the big thing I say, I know when you're aligning a car, it has to be a neutral. Sure. And you got to have it off. It can't be sitting there running. So you turn it off, it jumps in park. Well, now you right. can't turn the wheels. Or you can't roll it back or and you forth. You can't roll it back and forth like you have to. Right. So, hey, we're going to take our first quick little break. Be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. If you ever plan to move west. Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair. Deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, 
why. Think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. This joins the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hatering Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us calls, 291-6901. And that's what Richard did. Richard, thanks for holding. Thank you, gentlemen. Take my call this morning. Good morning. You Good bet. morning. My daughter has a 2006 GMC Envoy, mm-hmm. 4.2 liter uh, 6. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's got some error codes on it. Okay. One is a P14, the other's a P17, a new one is a P300, That's and an old one is a P449er. Yeah, well, I would not worry too, too much. I, I'd first go after the 300 because that is going to be your, your highest priority. If it's got a misfire, it can produce all the other codes. So, I w- and is that a current code, the misfire code? Say that again, please. The, the misfire code, the PO300, is that a, a current code? That's, that's occurring current now? Code, yes. Yes. Yeah, go after that one first, because once you resolve that one, the others may go away. Now, PO300 is just a generic code. It just says there is a misfire. It doesn't identify. What you may have to do is get a tool that will retrieve what they call Mode 6 data. And then in Mode 6, it'll show you which cylinder or cylinders are misfiring. Because to diagnose a misfire, there's two initial paths that you go down. One is if all cylinders are misfiring equally or roughly equally. Then you have a general misfire. That is caused by things that affect all the cylinders the same, whole. like, say, fuel pressure. Low fuel pressure makes all the cylinders miss. Air uh, mass airflow meter bad would make all the cylinders miss. Or vacuum leak. Vacuum leak. This affects all cylinders equally. If you got a specific cylinder misfire, then you look for stuff like a coil or a plug wire or a valve sticking or, you know, all stuff that affects only one cylinder. So the very first thing is either you, if you have the wherewithal to do it, or have someone check in mode six and see if it's general, just all cylinders misfiring equally, or if it's a specific cylinder misfiring. And that's going to tell you where to go. And the easiest thing without any other kind of equipment is just do a substitution test. For instance, let's say it's a specific misfire, like a PO301. That means a misfire on cylinder one. And if it says, okay, cylinder one has 100,000 misfires and cylinder two has five misfires and cylinder three has one misfire, well, obviously, your problem is on cylinder one. So you would go into cylinder one, take the plug out, put it in cylinder two, take the call pack and maybe put it on cylinder three and take those two and move over and see what happens. Okay, and if nothing changes, then you just determine the plug, the call pack are both good because it didn't change when you moved them. If you know, the plug, the cylinder mood plug tube starts missing, well, you got a bad plug. If the mood call pack tube's missing, you got a bad call pack. And you can do that. I know it's a little time-consuming, but without other equipment, that's about the best you can do. You can even swap the injectors one cylinder to another if you suspect an injector. You know, if, if it's not a call, it's not call pack, it's not a plug, it's not an injector, then the next thing would be to test the compression. There's what you're looking for is what's different with the cylinder that's misfiring. But, again, if, it, if it's an all-cylinder, kind of a general misfire, if, something if all the all cylinders are misfiring, then you're not going to worry about a plug or a call pack or, or injector because it can't make all the cylinders miss. It's only going to affect one cylinder. 
So in that case, you'd go like check the fuel pressure, make sure it's not low, make sure it's not too high. Check the mass airflow meter, make sure it's reading correctly. Uh, look for stuff like a plugged exhaust, a vacuum leak, stuff that affects all cylinders equally. But that's the uh, procedure you would go to. And it sounds complicated when I'm trying to describe it, but it's, it's a relatively simple procedure. Richard, you can also go to my website and just type in the word misfire, and it's going to bring up two articles, one on general misfires, one on random misfires. It'll give you a lot more information than I discussed here. But go after that one first and clear all the codes and see if anything else comes back because the others may just be a result of that. Ah, okay. I was about to change the uh, fuel filter because it was the easiest thing to get to. Well, I mean, if, if it needs a fuel filter anyway. Yeah, if it hadn't been done. If it hadn't been done, then you got nothing to lose by changing. I doubt it's going to fix that problem because generally – it would have to be stopped up completely Almost to lower the fuel pressure. completely stop up enough to lower fuel pressure, enough to cause a misfire. And, and again, that would be a general misfire on all cylinders equally. And you're normally going to notice a lack of power before you even get a check engine light right. with something like that. So I'm not saying don't do it. I mean, certainly if it hadn't been changed anyway, it needs, needs to be doing. Sure, why not? I mean, there is an off chance it could fix it. But I would probably try to determine if you've got a single cylinder or a multiple cylinder issue, and then that will tell you where to go from there. Recently, I've replaced the spark plugs, all six of them. Mm -hmm. So I have really confidence those are okay. Mm -hmm. Not that I haven't bought a bad spark plug. Well, that's true. That certainly does happen. But again, that would be a single cylinder misfire. That's where you have to start with, you know, before anything else. Even if you have to pay somebody to check yeah, and tell you, you, you got to have access to that Mode Six data, yeah, to figure out which. Without knowing that, you don't know where right. to go. You know, what do I start doing? Do I do this? Do I do that? Even moving components without that information to know what cylinder is missing yeah, before it, you get if started. If it's a general misfire, you move moving components every, forever, yeah. and it ain't going to do you any good at all. You're right. wasting a bunch of time. I agree with that. I agree. Okay. All righty. Well, you pointed me in a direction. I appreciate your time. Well, thank sure. you. What are you calling for, Richard? Right down the road here in Baton Rouge and I-12. Oh, well, very, very good. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Mm, bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Right, 291-6901 is the number. You want to pull it all more I We'd love to have you. We're talking a little bit about buying vehicles, uh-huh. be used or new, and some of the things to do. We talked about safety features, and if that's a big thing to you, that's great. I do like the backup camera on my car. It's a good it, feature. You know, I, I wasn't real crazy about them when right. they first came out, but I personally have found a use for them right. now, and I kind of enjoy them, yeah. you know, being on there. Yeah, so that that's one of those things. But now, when you decide, okay, I'm going to get a vehicle, you've made the decision. What most people do is the first thing to do is they go to a car lot and they start looking at different vehicles. Uh-huh. That's probably the worst thing to do. What you want to do first is do your research. Sit down and list out what it is that you want. Because if you just go to a car lot, you can see all kind of vehicles. Sure. And the one all that's the shiniest, the one that smells the best, the one with the best stereo system is going to catch your eye. It's sure. just human nature. It you is. Can't, and then you got salesmen who are sitting there. So sit down first and list out what you're looking for. If you are looking for an economy car because you drive 100 miles every day to go to work, there's no use looking at an F-350 pickup. (laughs) I don't care how good a deal it is. That's not the vehicle for you. If, on the other hand, you've got a large family, you've got three children, wife, two dogs, you like to go on vacation, well, you're going to need a vehicle large enough to accommodate all that. Exactly. There's no use looking at a sports car. And you'd be, it sounds simple, but you'd it be amazed. People end up with the wrong vehicle all, all the, the time. time. And then they're perfectly miserable with it. And then they want to, well, can I change this? Can I change that? You know, I had a guy ask me one time, he says, can I convert a two-wheel drive truck to a four-wheel drive truck? It can be done. It can be done, but it's going to be at a cost that is just. You'd be better off taking a two-wheel drive truck. Go sell, sell it. Sell it. 
and, and go and find your four-wheel drive and yeah, be happy. You're going to spend thousands of dollars sure. trying to convert this thing over, and it's never going to be as good as what the original built, purpose-built exactly. thing was be. But that's an example of a person who wanted a certain kind of vehicle, didn't get it. He said, well, this one was a lot less expensive. Well, no, it wasn't less no, expensive, but it, it doesn't do what you want to do. Exactly. You see, I get stuck all the time. I said, well, then you need a four-wheel drive. Sure. You know, that's the way you operate in vehicles. So objectively sit down and determine what it is that's important to you. Is fuel mileage important to you? Well, if it's not, okay, you want a sports car? Right. Don't forget about the fuel mileage, man. It's not an Scratch issue Scratch that off you. the list. Scratch that off the list. You want a car that goes real fast? You want a car that handles good? You want a car that everybody's going to look when you drive up because it's really cool? Right. You don't that, want your average pickup truck. Yeah, you don't want all these other things. So that is going to help you more than anything else. Once you get this narrowed down, try to research the different brands of cars mm-hmm. and see what the things are that you like. like. If you like going real fast and you don't care too much about reliability, well, then that's going to point you towards a certain type of vehicle. Sure. But if reliability is more, more important to you, well, then you're going to look at a different group of vehicles. Because there is a car out there pretty much for everybody. Oh, there is. You know, when you look at, like, European cars, the Europeans, if you've ever been to the continent of Europe, you realize that it's a very, very small place. You can get around. They have excellent, excellent mass transportation. Most people who have a car in Europe, it's a luxury to them. They take it out, take their wife out riding on Mm -hmm. weekends, you know, put the top down, ride through the beautiful countryside. That's why they have a car. Right. And that's nothing wrong with that. They want it to handle good. They want it to look good. They want all these are the things that are important. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. If it breaks and it goes to the shop for two weeks, it's no big deal because you got the metro right there. You got you the get, still get around your average. trains, buses, all that stuff. Now, if you leave, you know, if you live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is basically what I call a bedroom community, and that is everybody lives over here, they work over there, they shop over here, mm-hmm. they go to school on the other side of town, and there's no way to get between those other than a car. Right. <laughs> You're not gonna ride your bicycle around Baton Rouge. It just no, it just ain't gonna happen. happen. There's not the infrastructure there for that. So a car is an absolute necessity to you. So reliability should be top of the list. Reliability is going to be a key issue. Unless you've got three cars and you can afford to put one up. Well, and some people do. Some people do. But reliability is going to go way close to the top of the list than styling sure. and all these other things. So you want to look at cars that are going to have a reputation for being reliable. Don't look at the other ones. Mm-hmm. Don't go look at a Porsche right. if what you need is a Toyota <laughs> or vice versa. You know? Exactly. Hey, you've got to take our second quick little break. Be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy, but there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks standoff Louisiana one, and you have to buy exactly 50.3 pounds. Well, that's oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at Agco Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with Agco's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run. So what kind of seasoning do you use? Oh, I got a seasoning guy too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok? Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Loud noise off the river 
Hey, welcome back. Automotive Hour. We appreciate you spending Saturday morning with us. If you yes, got sir. a call or a question, you just give us a call. It's 291-6901. And that's when John did. Good morning, John. Hello, Louis. Question for you. Okay. I have a direct-injected turbocharged engine. So I have buildup on the intake valves that occur mm-hmm. over some length of time. Mm-hmm. My question is, does the volatility of the oil play anything related to that? Because I've seen the oils have uh, different volatilities. Right. And right. then the secondary question is, do oil catch cans for that situation actually do any benefit? To ask you a second question first, I've not seen what a catch cans are really effective at helping that you know the, the issue is as you mentioned in your first question the oil volatility is part of the thing where it's getting sucked up it's getting sucked into the intake and it's going to produce carbon and because the fuel no longer flows past the intake valves that used to clean it off but you know, it's, it's not doing that anymore because uh you know the fuel is being sprayed directly into the chamber so the people i see who have the most problem that are people who are extending their oil changes out too far even within the factory guidelines, you know, they may tell you you can go 10,000 miles on an oil change, and that's great. That's what you want to do. But I'm just saying the people who do those kind of things are the ones I see with way, way more of this kind of problem and other problems. You need to base oil changes on the way you're going to drive the car. If you're using a lot of short trips, then you need to be down closer to 3,000 miles. If you're doing a lot of long trips, then you can go a little more. See, the, the issue with an oil change, as the oil starts to get old, it's still lubricating, but you start going through viscosity shear, you start going through all these different kinds of things that produces vapors. And on short trips, you know, it starts to boil. The oil gets hot enough to boil the uh, liquid contaminants. It starts rising up. PC system sucks it out, but it's going into the intake. And unless you drive far enough for this to fully vaporize this out and suck it out and start cleaning itself, it's just not going to occur. So that's when you start to get these kind of problems. The only thing that we find once it, and, and you know, some buildup on a valve is not really going to hurt anything. It's just kind of nature to design. When it starts getting bad enough to really affect things, what we are having to do is to pull the intake. And there is a, I guess, a glorified blasting machine we use. They use uh, walnut. walnut shells. And you can blast that off and clean it. But I've not seen anything you can add to the oil or anything you can add to the gas or anything you add in that will effectively remove it, you know, because none of that's really going past those valves. Excellent. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, man. All right. 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I would love to have you. But, yeah, that little engine with direct injection and a turbo. Right. And generally an engine with a turbo is going to connote a vehicle that's going to be run a little harder than, than normal just because they do have great performance. And if you got more performance, you tend to use it. Well, and, and what I'm seeing now is the manufacturers are using a smaller displacement engine. Right. And they're putting a turbo on Which it, is working a lot which harder. Is, which is working a lot harder. It's bringing the power back up with a reduced weight. Right. So that turbo's it's working pretty hard. Yeah, I, I tell you, I don't even know where they come up with some of their oil change recommendations. Other no than the idea. fact they're trying to keep their maintenance costs looking low. I saw the other day one manufacturer says you can change the oil, oil filter every other time. Oh, I wow. said, that's about the most senseless thing I've ever heard of. Well, and some of your manufacturers won't do a courtesy oil change, you know, mm-hmm. the, the free oil change you right. when you buy a car. Right. 10,000 miles. Right. Right. I don't know. I don't it, either. It, I know. I, we, I don't, we I don't changed a lot it. more engines than we did back. Ooh, a lot more. <laughs> Across the board, not just one yeah. manufacturer. Yeah. Back when they used to have a little more reasonable recommendations right. on that kind of stuff. But, 
We were talking a little bit about buying cars and all, and one of the things that's very, very important, make sure you know what you're going after. Because once you get to the dealership, be it a used dealership or a new car dealership, you have got professionals in there who are professional at selling you stuff. Sure. Now, what they're going to want to sell, for the most part, are the vehicles they make the most money on. Okay. You know, they're not interested in selling the vehicle that they make minimum. Right, a little small economy. They they want to go for the big bells and bigger. Whatever model it is that they've got the incentives and all that, that's what they're going to push on you. Sure. And you're in an environment unlike anything you're in under normal situations. So it's very easy to get confused. It's very easy to get talked into stuff. Mm -hmm. They all look good. They all smell good. I mean, the cars, they got all these features. And... The human mind works in such a way that if we say, okay, well, you got this vehicle and it costs this much, that's what you want it. But for just this much more, this one will do this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. And it sounds- so it sounds like, okay, yeah, I'm getting more for my money, so I'll go with that. But you got to remember, do you want any of this, 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 this? Is that on your list? That was the whole point of sitting down making the list. Right. Was you went in there with this list of this is what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't need this. Right. And if you're married... Have your partner sit down with you because a lot of times your wife or your husband or whatever may be more objective than you are. Sure. You've got a envie for a certain thing, and he or she is looking at it and saying, now, wait a minute, how does that fit into our big plan? Uh-huh. So you got to watch. Your emotions will take you wrong they almost will. every time. So you want to take the emotions out of this transaction the best that you possibly can. Like I say, you get into the dealership and He's going to, well, da 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 And next thing you know, you're sitting there, and, and it's, I know it seems like this is just how long it takes, but it doesn't. They're trying to wear you down, so they're sure. going to keep you in there as long as they possibly can. I mean, they basically push a button on that computer screen and tell you what they're going to sell you the car for. They know oh, that. Yeah. But they're going to sit there and crunch numbers and move stuff around, and here comes another salesman's going to walk in, just inadvertently happen to stop by, and, uh, oh, you're buying the such? It's, oh, man, oh, great yeah. car, yeah. We can't keep those in stock. And this is all what they call positive reinforcement. Sure. It's supposed to make it look like, okay, man, this is a limited vehicle. I better, yeah, I better, I better move now. Yeah, you know, I've got, I got three customers. I, you know, I, da, 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 da. I got two cars and three customers here for the same two yeah, cars. Yeah. So uh, it's all, you don't buy it, we're going to sell it. It's all a big old game, man. Yeah. Everything they say, just take it with a grain of salt. You know, it's all part of that same emotional sure. hoopla to get you to purchase a car and to get you to purchase the car they're going to make the most money on mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, it's not that all salesmen or car salesmen are bad. They're not. There's certainly good ones out there. There's they're, certainly those who are concerned with their customers. They are. And but, we, we've dealt with several of them that they're not your average car salesman. Right. But you got to remember the entire system is set up in such a way that a large part of their income is going to come from selling cars, from spiffs and commissions and all these different things, which are put in place by a company that wants to make the maximum amount of money per customer. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at it from your perspective. So you got to remember anything you hear from there, you want to kind of take with a grain of salt, get your list, whatever it is you want, what's important to you. And you you don't want to go in. And looking for a economy small car because it's just you and your wife and, and get talked into a luxury sedan. Sure. Because that's not what you want. That's not what you need. It may look better. It may have a lot of features. It may do all kinds of cool stuff, but that's not what you need or vice versa. Exactly. You, know, you don't want to get talked into a super high mileage and come out of there with a hybrid when gas mileage is not a big part to you because you don't drive the car that much. 
replacing that battery in it's five years for $3,000, that is a big deal to you. Mm-hmm. So make up your mind what you want, put it in writing, and bring the list with you. And if you feel yourself starting to cave, pull, pull it out, out and look at yeah. it. <laughs> and don't, do not be afraid to walk away. No, no, not at all. You got to remember. Don't worry about upsetting anybody. No. This, you're there to spend your money. So right. you need to be happy. If you don't feel comfortable, walk away. Well, and if you're not 100% sold on this deal, you need to walk anyway. Sure. You need to give yourself time to think. Because sure. they're going to throw a ton of information at you. They're going to throw a ton of figures and facts and this, that, and other reasons why you should do whatever it is they want you to do. And you can go into overload. Pretty soon you get tired and you're just ready to get out of here. Right. So you make a deal. Where you should, What you should have done is gone home thought about it because the next day you'd probably made a different deal you Mm -hmm. made a different choice very possible so yeah just you you can't get caught up in that we're gonna take our third and final little break we'll be right back with more in the automotive hour man you have a personal trainer right yes i've got the guy mr miyago <laughs> he's gonna teach me how to wax on wax off mr miyago's no joke oh sorry he begins by filling your shorts with wet sand to provide weight resistance and enhance focus then launches into a series of drills like crouching tiger hidden badger fire monkey flogging duck and highly agitated dragon sounds kind of extreme yeah brah extreme results everybody's got a guy these days and if you're looking for the right automotive guy it's agco automotive we make it easy quality repairs and a staff you can trust and with agco's general inspection you get an annual checkup to diagnose problems that could cost you down the road you will need to sign a waiver stating you are not allergic to pig intestines and live geese i think i'm just going to hit the gym tj but thanks get automotive peace of mind schedule your general inspection today at agco automotive agco it's the place to go Welcome back. If you join us, it's the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call, 291-6901. We'll get you right up to the straight at the top of the list. And we're talking about a certain types of cars and such as that. And a good way to find a certain type of car that's going to be whatever you want. And there's, I want a car that's reliable. Okay. I want a car that's safe. I want a car that goes really fast. Whatever that criteria may be, I find a really good source of information on that. If you've got a regular mechanic that you use, right. then go to him or her and ask, you know, what kind of car? I, I right, want I'm car. looking at this kind of car with these kind of features. What would you recommend? What would you recommend? And uh-huh. I'm not saying that's the sole criteria. But it's a good But it's, it's a, a good, good criteria because for the most part, he's not going to have any reason to tell you one way or the other. Right. He's unbiased. He's going to tell you what he's seen from his – and particularly if you're looking for a reliable car that doesn't break down a whole lot. Right. Because he's, he's going to tell you, hey, look, we work on these all the time. Yeah. They've got this inherent problem, and they're in here all the time for this problem. Right. But this is the only problem. So once you get this problem fixed – Right. Other than that, it's a real good vehicle. Right. Or, hey, or vice these versa. are continuing problems. Right. This, this one's a piece of junk. Right. It's always in here. They're always in here. They always have different problems. It's just not a very reliable vehicle. Right. And there are reliable vehicles. There are non-reliable vehicles. Sometimes you're trading off one thing for another. Uh-huh. Like I said before, if you want a performance car, as you gain performance, you're generally going to lose reliability. Sure. Or economy or both. You know, it's, it's like a triangle. you got three features here as you get closer to one you get further away from the other two and if you want a car that's right in the middle then that's going to be a certain vehicle sure if you want one that's more towards one extreme or the other and if i want a more reliable vehicle or i want a more economical vehicle 
you could probably get those too, but it's not going to be a performance vehicle, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So you want to figure out first what type of vehicle you want. What, Number what, two, what are you going to use it for? Yeah, get some advice from a person who has no vested interest. Don't ask the salesman because he's going to always gonna, or, or most time he's going to push you towards what he's got in stock or what he's going to make the most money mm-hmm. on or whatever. So that's just not as reliable a piece of information. So get with the shop that you normally use, the person that you normally use. Even if you don't have a lot of repair, somebody you have used in the sure. past that you feel comfortable with, and ask what kind of car they would recommend. Now, the thing is, once you have decided this is the car that I, I want, for instance, let's say you decide Honda is the car I want. Okay. Well, don't go look at a bunch of different cars. There is no point in going to look at other cars other than the one you've decided that, that meets you your list. That logically is the car that's going to do what you want. Mm-hmm. There's no sense going to look at it. Oh, you know, somebody said such, such, such. See, you're deviating off Probably your list already. Your planned course. Right. So what you want to do is you want to look at, it's okay if there's, let's say, 400 dealers in the area. It's certainly okay to go to all four of them and see sure. which one to give you a better price. Sure. Although there's, there's probably easier ways to do that. Well, but, you're comparing apples to apples that way. Right. You know, you're going to look at a Honda Pilot. Right. EL, whatever the model. That is the same car at all four dealerships. Right. So wherever you can get the best price. It's a commodity. That's where you need to go. That's right. And if you go in there and they start showing you other cars, then you're going to start getting distracted. And what you need to do when that happens is stop. Right. Just don't do anything. Stop. Right. Walk away. And then reevaluate your list. Maybe you did see something that That you you didn't realize was pertinent to you. Sure. Go back. Refactor that in. Think about it. Talk with your spouse about it. See if that is maybe a better choice. Because there's nothing wrong with, with learning as you go along. No, not at all. But the thing is, you don't want to be you don't want to be influenced while you're in a, a state of being able to be influenced. Right, that's right. And If that makes sense. You choose the certain things that you say are important to you. You go in, somebody talks you into something else. Don't just deviate from your plan. Stop, take the new information you got, and say, I'm going to need to think about this. Right. Go home evaluate what they're telling you with the facts, research it to the degree you can, and then, fa- okay, well, yeah, maybe I do need to look at that because uh-huh. maybe this is a better deal. But most of the time it's not going to be because it's going to be more of an emotional kind of a decision. While you're there. While you're there. Right. Yeah, once they've got you in that little arena. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a good name for it. That's what it is. I yeah. mean, everything there is orchestrated. you got to remember, average car today is probably, what, thirty grand, Ooh, At least. On up. At I mean, thirty dollars to $100,000 is weighing in the balance of your decision. Yeah, so a lot of money. There's a lot, a lot of money. I mean, people have been killed for a lot less oh, than that. <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. You don't think for a minute they're not going to bring every power to bear to make this sale that sure. they possibly can. And they're not worried if you've got to struggle to make these notes. No. As long as you make them. And even if you don't and make them, don't as make long them, as they're finance, re- they're going to get their money anyway. Sure. Yeah, the finance company got to deal with it then. Yeah. So it's not that they're being your buddy and all that. If somebody tells you something or shows you something and it's contrary to what you thought was true, the thing is don't make a decision and say, oh, yeah, well, maybe I was wrong. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Stop. Stop. Walk go away. Back, walk away. Evaluate it in the cold light of day. I know I've sleep on it. Yeah. I've had many, many times where I would see something. And, oh, I just got to have it. it. Yeah, I got to have it. And I tell you, the money's burning a hole in my pocket. Sure. Sure. Had I not taking my own advice and walked away the right. next day i'm like alizan yeah. what are you doing you, you would ended up one oh, one, one option on one thing i do know you would ended up with a 1942 
Yeah. Willis Jeep. Oh, absolutely. Because you had your heart set on that oh, one. Oh, yeah. I, I always wanted one of those old war Jeeps. Uh-huh. And found one yeah, right there in I town. Even, I even found one. Perfect condition yeah, everything. Right there in town. Yeah. Price was decent on it and everything else. And then I just said, you know, I need to stop and think about this for a minute. Right. And when I thought about okay, number one, it's something you always wanted, but why? What are you going to do what, with it? Exactly. What are you going to do with it? It's going to sit there, leaving right. all spots on the floor. Right. You know, you every might, time you, you might, drive it, you got to do a whole bunch of stuff to it. Yeah. So you might drive it once a week. Yeah. And maybe. My lifestyle is such that because I also enjoy traveling, I'm not home that much. Exactly. I'm not so ever going to have to. It's going to sit there and it's going to deteriorate away and I'm going to have to rebuild it again. Right. And you know, once I looked at it in that light of day, it got away from all the choosing because I'd looked at a bunch of different ones. Yeah. And this one was really a primo sample and, and what have you. I was like, you know, I really don't want to do this. Right. I don't need this. Yeah, I really. It'd be neat. It'd be neat to have. It's neat. I want I one. Just don't really need it. Well, well good. Good thing I wasn't looking at uh, one of those white half tracks. Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted one of those too. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, don't get in a hurry. Buying a car, whether it's new or used or whatever, right. is not a fast process. That's not something you can go be. out in one afternoon and do. Right. It shouldn't be. Very unlikely you can come up with the right thing. Now, we've been talking about cars in general, but mostly a new car. Sure. When you come to used cars, a That's whole bunch right. of new things come into They this. do. They do. You really need to get any vehicle you buy checked by a professional before Correct. you purchase it. And I've had a million people will buy a vehicle and they say, well, I heard this is a very reliable car. Uh-huh. Well, as a general rule, this is a very reliable car, but we don't know what this particular, particular model has gone through. This one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in general, people live to be 75, 80, 90 years old. Right. But this one person might die at 20 because something was wrong. He was exposed mm-hmm. to something, whatever reasons. Same thing with a car. Now, you got to remember, too, there's lots of good deals on the used market. There is. Obviously, three-year-old car, you can buy one for about half price. That's a pretty strong incentive. But you got to remember, when you're gaining, you're buying this car for about half price in three years. That means someone lost half their value in three years. In three, right. So you got to ask you, why did they lose that kind of money? Now, it may be a totally legitimate reason. Maybe the wife got pregnant and needed a bigger vehicle, so they decided okay. to get rid of it. Sure. It may have been a leased vehicle. This particular person, his income is such that he needs the write-off, so he leases his cars, turns them in every three years. Okay, that's good. But it also may be that he took it in and they said, you know, you got low oil pressure and it's setting this code, and what we can do, we can dump some thicker oil in there to boost that pressure back up, go sell the car. Right, go get rid of it. Go get rid of it. Or it may be whatever. You know, it's got this, this, this. The, the power steering's all leaking on Let's dump some stop leak in it and go sell it. Mm-hmm. Well, that stop leak works by swelling all these seals up, softening up seals that shouldn't Indeed. be softened up. It stops the leak for two weeks, but then every component in the system has to be replaced. Yep. So now you're looking at a $3,000 repair. Well, you can't know this just by driving the car. You can't know this just by necessarily talking to the person because mm-hmm. they're not likely to tell you that. So every single vehicle, I don't care if this thing has a legendary right. reliability rating. You know, a 2002 Ford F-250 with a 7.3-liter engine has got a very, very good reliability rating. Yes, it does. It was a very good engine it i mean the transmissions were a little bit on the weak side because of the tra- because of the engine power but all that being said if this particular one blew out a radiator hose and got overheated and cooked and now it's got a head gasket fixing to blow 
then that particular one is not a good choice. Exactly. I've seen brand new cars right off the transport truck. Right. Damaged. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the time. So, or, or just something not assembled right on them. That, that happens, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because it's new don't mean it's good. Right. I mean, I know GM, Ford, Chrysler spend trillions of dollars to make you think new equals yeah. good, but I, that ain't always the case. I, well, I can remember a local dealership. Mm-hmm. Every truck that come off the transport went straight into the shop and transmission had to come out. Yeah, yeah. I, well, anybody who's ever worked in a new car dealership, they'll, they'll they pretty know. soon know that yeah. new doesn't necessarily mean good. They sell all the cars on Friday, Monday morning, get They're there, all back. <laughs> here's 10 records out there with, with brand new vehicles on Right. And they just had a problem with that particular run it generally gets worked out at some point in time it does but you don't want to be the one who has to go through it all (laughs) so that's where you don't want to be there you go hey we got to get ready to get on out here tell everybody much appreciate them listening this week and every week on automotive hour like thank all our podcasters for listening this week every week tell your friends go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service whichever that might be find a written review and fill it out for us please yeah we sure appreciate when you do that it moves us up in the ranking so more people can get to listen because Generally, when somebody types in a generic term like auto repair, 10 pages sure. are going to come up. They're going to go through the first page. They're going to pick one Maybe of those. the first page. Yeah, maybe the first page. And they're going to pick one. That's what they're going to listen to. So if you're on page 10, and that's based largely on the ratings that the right. program receives. So, so anyway, give us a good rating, if you please, and we appreciate it. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.